Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Nigga. Oh, me? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, a part of me wants to keep this on the episode if it sounds clear. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to yet another week of This Can't Be Life podcast. I am your host, Kay the Rebel. You can find me on only one social media platform, which is Instagram. The podcast page is TCBL Podcast. If you'd like to connect with me on a personal level and tap into who I am individually outside of podcasting, my personal account is at Kay the Rebel. Questions, comments, inquiries, would like to do a collaboration, would like to be featured on any of the segments I have going on. The email address is this can't single letter B L Y F E at gmail.com. If you are new here, as always, thank you so much for um, rocking with me today and giving my show a chance. Um, let's talk about a recap um, from the last episode that I recorded. Um, episode 127, Think Twice. The tone was most definitely aggressive and a little bit angry. Um, someone who listened told me that um, I needed Jesus. And you know what? On that day, I probably did. I probably did need a little bit of Jesus. You know, but if, if anything, I think that the people that I was talking about need Jesus a little bit more than I do. Um... I know that the past two episodes I have said things in regards to 2022 being the year that I really do something different with the podcast. And it's funny because I'm like, my creative juices haven't been flowing. However, I have had some interactions with two men who have listened to my podcast within the past two weeks, and they just keep pushing for, you need to go visual. You need to go visual. So I'm like, is that a sign? Is it? But I don't know. Again, I'm, I, I keep saying I'm not ready for that. But then I'm, I'm, I'm lying to y'all on these episodes by saying, oh, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to conquer my fear. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to launch something. And whatever I do is going to be great. I think the best way for myself to ease myself into going visual, I think, would to maybe just go live on Instagram. Maybe I'll just start off doing that. And then if I can get comfortable doing that, then, yeah, maybe I will be able to record myself. Um, or maybe only do it once a month, you know, kind of, wait, did this shit, ah, 
some technical difficulties. Y'all got bloopers. Y'all got everything in this episode. But anyways, as I was trying to say is, yeah, maybe if I start off just going live on Instagram once a month, that will kind of work my way into it, like be my introduction. The bottom line is I just need to stop overthinking. And, and on that note, yeah, I need to be quiet. Um, Let's see. This week's episode is about anxiety. The last time I talked about that was a couple of months back. Um, and that episode was titled Weaving Anxiety. And for those, if you would like a brief recap or you can go back and listen to it, I talked about how anxiety shows up in my life. And um, I talked about it showing up as far as my parenting, like this pressure for me to always be a super single mom all the time. And that's like me creating unnecessary anxiety for myself. I talked about anxieties that I have like about where I am at in my life. And if I'm comfortable with that, should I be doing more? Or should I have accomplished a certain amount of goals by a certain time? Um, you know, have anxiety about finances. I don't ever want to be broke or, or, or going back to being in the trenches, like living paycheck to paycheck, like all of those things. And then I metaphorically tied in weave, which um, was inspired by somebody else saying like, hey, why don't you manage your anxiety the same way you manage your hair? Anyone that knows me knows that I did go to cosmetology school. I didn't finish. I love hair. Um, I love doing my own hair. I love doing a selective few people's hair. And um, I follow all these hair pages. And, you know, um, I don't like having a bad hair day. That's And I always make sure that my hair looks great. So if I can put that much effort into my aesthetics, then I should probably put that same energy into managing my own anxiety. So um, my best friend was like, hey, why don't we ever talk about like anxiety in our friendships? I think we always talk about how anxiety shows up in our romantic relationships. You see memes about it all the time, but nobody ever acts like friendships can't create anxiety for you. And I was like, you know something? You're absolutely right. Um, I lived in my truth in that moment and kind of confessed to her that I've had suppressed anxiety about friends which is why I never was able to get close to anybody in like almost a decade till I really um you know the universe you know got me locked in with the best friend that I have now but yeah I never really looked at at, at that that sometimes I felt like certain women weren't for me that came into my life but maybe it kind of maybe it was me maybe it was certain energy that I was giving off I don't know but it doesn't matter because that's where I was, and I'm not going to try to... I have no regrets. Those people aren't a part of my journey for a reason. Um, I do have um, a good amount of friends um, that I would say that I consider um, good friends. I don't I don't consider them my best, but they are good friends, and I, and I appreciate them. Um, but, yeah, um, basically, um, of course, I decided to, why not? bring my best friend on this episode and I will have her plug herself in. Well, you know, it is Witty Empress 918. That is where you guys can find me on Instagram. Um, thank you so much for yet again inviting me on your platform to always discuss these very important, heartfelt uh, conversations that a lot of people don't care to recognize or they keep it inside and it's giving them anxiety or they don't know how to go about really expressing or analyzing their friendships and you know re-evaluating a lot of things so I think this would be an interesting topic yes it will 
So um, we're, what we're going to do is kind of, she and I like talked about the things that we feel can trigger um, anxiety in, in friendships, whether it was past or present. It's just something that both of us have experienced. So we feel like we could talk about it. Um, number one, I think a trigger or something that could prompt anxiety um, in a friendship is abandonment. I know that I, um, I think, I feel like even in childhood, like childhood friendships, I'm talking about like elementary, middle school, I felt like friends abandoned me. Either they, they go hang with somebody different. Like I remember, um, Woody Empress, I had a, a strict mom, right? So certain things that certain people were able to do, I couldn't do. So I would have to, as you say, sit this one out. And so I felt like I was penalized for that, you know, like, oh, you know, well, so she can't go do that. I'll just go call somebody else and do it. And then I, sometimes I just always would feel kind of left out. And then that eventually would lead to obviously those people like naturally. And then, I mean, there were kids. I'm not going to hold anybody accountable for that. I'm just saying how it all started for me with friendship anxiety. But yeah, they would, you know, get closer bonds with those people that had parents that gave them all this freedom to do all this stuff. My mother wasn't trying to let me ride the bus on public transportation everywhere. She was the type that wanted to give me a ride everywhere, but they would act like taking the bus or stuff was cooler, you know, and I would even try to convince them like, hey, we can get there a lot faster. You know, my mom will pick y'all. They wasn't trying to hear that. So yeah, I would feel left out. And then yeah, they would all go do things or they would kind of have their own little inside things of what happened with them while they were able to go do something somewhere or um, do little things like say as if they were going to take the bus somewhere and then maybe like I'll use downtown Boston, for instance, maybe they were going to take the bus and the train down there, but my mother was going to drive me. So, you know, I would meet them there or then when it was time to leave, I would feel like they always wanted to go and get on a train or bus. And, like, just leave me by myself, like, waiting for my mom to come pick me up. And my mom used to tell me, like, those aren't your friends. She used to say things like that to me. Like, when they, and I really didn't probably understand that back then. I just thought maybe my mom could have been being mean. But now that I'm a mom, I have given my daughter some speeches like that, too, where she has been in predicaments like that. Yeah. So I would say, like, yeah, abandonment kind of started, yeah, started from there. Yeah, just like, oh, wow, like you know, people just leaving you kind of out, you know, out, out to dry. And I definitely um, experienced that in my friendships and in, in adulthood. And I think the biggest one was the first time I moved to Arizona, I went through something like that. So that was just like, damn, like, I'm here trying to make, you know, changes for my life to better myself. I'm transitioning and gee, like, it's like, fuck me, you know what I'm saying? But um yeah, so I'm a I'm a I'm a um pass the torch torch to you and see like how has abandonment triggered you like for your for your friendships. I mean, I know for me, um, I'm a very loyal person, and it was silly of me to think back in the day that because I was loyal to this person that they would be loyal to me and show up for me the way that I would show up for them right and I thought there was something wrong I thought there was something wrong like okay well everybody doesn't have to show up for me the way that I show up for them but I'm going to continue to show up for them and, and I was wrong I was wrong and as I grew older I understood no they're going to show up for you mm. and I do remember 
you know, this, it was a very long friendship I had, you know, with somebody that I was in high school with, and even them being pregnant and being the godmother of their child and helping to raise that child. And um, maybe about five, six years later, after they had theirs, I had my son. And I kid you not, I didn't see that person my whole pregnancy. Wow. They did not come to my baby shower. They did not come to the NICU when my son was born. Um, even prior to me having my son and me being hospitalized for like six months, they showed up to the hospital one time with shopping bags because they were doing shopping with another friend. So it's just like you abandoned me in times where I was practically on my deathbed and then you abandoned me when I was practically sitting there praying, fighting for my son's life. And so it, it changed the nature of the relationship drastically, you know, and they never understood why until actually recently, damn near 10 years later, they, they, they asked, well, what did I do? You know, and it's a simple fact that you knew that you messed up in some way, shape, or form, or you didn't show up for me in ways that I showed up for you. You know, so it's like, if I didn't have anybody else, I thought at the time, this is my best friend. She's going to be there for me. And, and, you know, as I was there for her throughout her pregnancy, she's going to be there for me too. And there wasn't any reciprocation hmm. whatsoever. It's so funny because when you mentioned the pregnancy thing, I instantly thought about, a feeling that I had had in a friendship when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I remember telling my best friend at the time, like, you know, when I first found out that I was pregnant and, you know, made the decision, like, obviously I am going to be having the baby or whatever. I mean, it wasn't much that I could have done anyways, considering I found out at like 19 weeks anyway, but you know, and so I never forget like her first reaction, but I think I was a little bit timid and it's funny because I don't want to get too much into because this was another thing about triggers actually I might do a segue right into it but I was afraid to address what she had said to me because I didn't think it was a safe place for healthy and transparent conversations but when I told her I was pregnant it was kind of more of a reaction like not about a new life that was going to be coming into the world and that you would obviously probably be being the godmother it was more like Oh, like, oh, our shenanigans or gallivanting is going to be, like, impacted by this. That's kind of more of what it was. And it wasn't, like, a joking manner. Like, I know me and you have made jokes like that about all the time. Like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, currently, presently, with me and you, like, yeah, girl, because, you know, you, you know, you go and you go have baby, you know, not you engaged and trying to have a family and this, that. I'm, uh-uh, I ain't going to be coming down there to Atlanta no more, you know. But that's a joke. I, and you know my heart. I know I would never do that. But back then when I'm looking back like oh she was really on that type of time like oh, yeah. she really she meant oh, yeah. that shit yeah looking back oh I know factually I may have had a doubt in my mind years ago but now what that was 16 years ago but now oh yeah I know oh, yeah. that she was really she was really on that type of time yeah definitely behind every little joke there's a truth I've there's I've heard that quote before absolutely absolutely um, so yeah, you know what, like I said, that could be a segue, how me just mentioning that I didn't feel there was a safe place for us to have healthy and transparent conversations. Yo, that creates some serious anxiety in a friendship because when you feel like you got to walk on eggshells, you are limiting like the amount that you could keep it real with somebody like that becomes a lot. 
like it make you not even want to talk to them and then if you don't talk to them it translates as if you're not you're not being supportive or exactly. it, it could translate as so many conflict. things and it, it creates, creates definitely and animosity and it's like a lot of things get crossed because something one simple thing could have been said correct and it's like and a lot of the times it's like take learn to take accountability in your friendships as well you should be treating your friendships as if they are just as important to you as that man that you lay next to at nighttime. Because when all that shit goes belly up, that's still going to be your writer at the end of the day. And it's like, if we cannot have these open, healthy conversations and be transparent, why are we friends? This is why? so true. Like, I'll never forget what would have been. This would have been like, was it Jan? It was January of this year. I remember... When you were over here, and I think I was, like, fixing your hair or whatever it was. And then when I was telling you about some struggles I was having at that time, you know, when I was dating said individual or whatever. And, um, B hey, BBB. <laughs> and then I'll never forget when you told me, yeah, you don't do you don't do very well with no yo. I hated your entire existence, bro. I hated it. I I I. And you know what it was? It was. I just didn't. I wasn't used to having the best friend dynamic. I have not been in that dynamic for almost ten years. So you know, I'm glad that you gave me a pass with that. But I also feel like. I appreciate you being stern, even when I told you how offended and mortified I was by your statement that you was not going to go back on it. You wasn't going to apologize. You gave evidence to support your claims. So then that kind of softened the blow a little bit. And it was never a blow, but that was my perception in that moment. That's the only reason why I'm wording it that way. But, you know, once you gave the evidence to support the claim and then after me kind of going through therapy and making sense of it. The way you said it, it was just blunt and crass and came out that way. But I ended up learning that I don't do well with, with no. And it's not because, oh, I think that I'm entitled and people can't tell me no. It's because of how my child could was presented. Yes. I, whenever I asked for something, it was given to me. Um... You know, I've rarely ever heard the word no. So being in an environment where I'm, where doors are constantly closing on me, like when you're trying to open a door, like, hey, what's behind door number one? And I keep trying to get in and there's no way. It's like, okay, I tend to get angry. And then when you have been in therapy and you do the anger management piece, the biggest thing, reason for anybody, I don't care who you are, of when you're getting angry is because your needs are not being met. Period. You know, but if you think about it as well, it's also it also speaks volume to the respect we have for each other. Right. Because I didn't feel safe enough to be like, yeah, girl, you, you don't do well with no. Right. But it also shows that, hey, you are an approachable person. Correct. And I didn't feel that I had to hold my tongue in that moment, or I never felt that I had to hold my tongue in that moment because of, you know, the transparency that we share with each other and the authenticity. So, you know, to me, I didn't think of it like, damn, I, I might offend her because, you know what, I know that we don't have that type of relationship. And you and I want to, you're absolutely right. Sorry, I'm not, cut, not trying to cut you off, but you're absolutely right because you made me learn something in that moment. Again, there was another lesson in just that small interaction between us was that 
I also, there was another response going back to this creating anxiety. I have always had friends that made it seem like I'm not approachable and I hate that. I, yes, and it's because of my struggles with anger. And I feel like you have been the only one, which is crazy to me, how you have only been in my life for probably about like 18 months and that you could understand my anger and my triggers with anger so easily when other people just make it seem like I am irrational. You cannot have a discussion and that every conversation is gonna result in anger with me. And it's not true and I've been trying to scream that to the mountaintops to people for years in my life. Friends especially because yeah, they a lot of them do feel like they gotta walk around on eggshells or other people and have I felt like that. This discussion and I said because I am a person that can sense the bullshit right. from people, I'm gonna instantly go on defense because I feel like you're coming at me with ill intent. Right. So I'm gonna also so that's people oh well you're i I'm not defense because if you knew me, you knew that I'm the most easiest person to talk to. However, when I feel like you're trying to be around the bush and you're coming to me with something false and you're not being authentic and you're coming out here with some games, that's when the guards are gonna go up. Correct. That was a great way. Yes. So yeah, it just felt like yeah, I would say that that's a great example to say that, yeah, it you know, anyone who's listening like you got to figure out a way to work around it. That, that is a little bit of anxiety showing up in your friendship if you feel that you don't have the safe place to have healthy and transparent conversations and that you feel like you have to walk on eggshells. Yes. Yeah, or if you're the person that's not supposedly labeled as not being approachable, you need to really get to the bottom of that with the other friend because sometimes people also could just be gaslighting you too because they just want to, Avoid the elephant in the room and instead deflect and put it on you. Oh, yeah, because you're not going to. Re- how are you going to know how I'm going to react if you never said anything? Exactly. Now, it's different if I have um, repeated be- behaviors. Like, it's, it's, it's happening over and over again where every time I say something, you know, to Kay, yeah, she just, she gets defensive every single time. But I feel like if you don't have evidence to support that claim, you can't say how I'm going to react. If you are not having the conversations with me, how can you say, oh, because I thought you would react this way. You can't think shit if it never happened. And and it's another thing, too, that I think happens with with friends that I, that I can't stand. Say as if you, okay, let's just take, literally it was the anniversary from that, bullshit from last year so let's just say the way that i reacted like that there was only probably like six months into maybe me and you's friendship when that shit happened yeah what if you really would have took that incident and looked at me as if yeah this bitch has issues she's mad angry she's out of control yeah i know i'm never gonna i'm never gonna that would not be fair and i feel like past friends used to do stuff to me like that like based on how I reacted to somebody I had smoke with, they would make it seem, and to me, that's disrespectful because how I react to somebody who I got smoke with or violated me, how can you compare how I would respond to you? Because know that I'm a loving and doting friend, I would never. I don't talk to my friends like I want to have smoke with them. I think I talked about this um, on a podcast episode before too, like, I think I was, it was an episode where I think I was giving advice, I can't even remember the name of it, but telling people like, you cannot be talking to your friends like you got smoke with them. That's weird. Like, wanting to call them bitches or get torn up like it's going to be a fight. That's weird. Like, how could you 
get that kind of energy with somebody you call a best friend. That's kind of exactly. weird. Yeah, so exactly. I would hate when they would come at me as if I was capable of treating them like that. Like, yeah, it was, it like, was weird. And, and, and also, why it's like, you must, like I said, you must treat your friendships how you treat your relationships with your mate. Handle your, handle your, your best friend with care. You know, because it's like, that's going to be your person. That's, your best friend is your right. person. You know, and it's like, I, I always say, people be like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, you are my security blanket. Because it's like, even if I can't depend on anybody else in the moment, it's just like, you know what? I know my best friend has my back. Correct. You know, and it's like, people are like, I'm like, well, however you want to call it, it's weird. Whatever you want to call it, whatever it is. But it's like, you know what? We are two people that value each other. We value what we bring to the table. And it's like, why must we tear each other down as women? Why can't we build each other up as women? There's never been a time where you never celebrated me and I never celebrated you. And it's like, it flows naturally. There is no animosity, you know? And it's always, we're rooting for each other. We are in each other's corner. And it's just like, don't be like that. Because it's like, when I win, you win. Hello. And you know something? That's a great segue to our next thing that can trigger um, anxiety. When you're saying like, you know, just being there, having each other's back, being present. Um, how women tend to check out of their romantic relationships. I feel like people be checking out of their friendships every now and again sometimes. They do. They do when it makes them uncomfortable and it requires yeah. more that they're willing to give. So yeah, they they'll, they'll check out. And um, I don't respect that. No. Um, being present is, is, is not as hard as people make it to be. I think it's a very easy thing. Yeah. Simply, constant communication is being present. Checkups, how you doing? Um, yeah, res- yeah, responding to texts, asking how each other's family members are doing. Um, you know, um, yeah, what's going on? You know, or noticing that there's a shift in energy. Yeah, girl, I ain't heard from you. Yeah, you good? Or she go out and you know that she's going out, you know, like on a date or something. Ask how it went. A- ask, you know, just ask how it went. It don't got to be like, oh, well, she said nothing or whatever. You know, it's just, yeah, it's simple things. It's so small. What did you eat today? What you cooking today? Like, it's so simple. It's it, so simple. I don't understand why people complicate it. Oh, because I don't, I don't got time or I don't got time. If you were somebody, and, I, and I'm just, be, I'm going to just put it like this. If you are up on Instagram and the Facebooks and everything else, or you got time to be on my phone venting to me about how this nigga or that nigga upset you. You have time to be present in the friendship. I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, I'm not about to be up nobody's ass because, you know, we got shit to do or whatever. Keep that same energy. The, but to me, people who word stuff like that, it's... I'm I'm just trying to figure out where it is because... Being present is not being up somebody's ass. No. I communicate with you a lot. It's it's consistent. And I wish somebody ever would tell me that I'm being up in your ass or it's too much. I would be looking at them like, how so? How so? I still go to work every single day. I take care of both of my kids. And my friendship is not an interruption into my life. And when I do need a moment... And because and some shit is going on, my best friend knows what's up because yeah. we're already communicating. So we already know to move that way, move exactly. that way. Just like, what was it like two nights ago? I think I didn't hear from you, but because of the last thing you text me, that was my cue. Like, I, right, 
this is her moment that she don't need no interaction right now, including me. So I fell back. We got back in the morning and then I checked up in the morning. Like you, that's being present right there, knowing where you're supposed to be, what your position is supposed to be. Yes, and, and making like, it about you yeah. or making it about you. Exactly. And it's like also having a friendship, there needs to be acts of service as well. Hey, you need something? Let me look it up, see if I can get a coupon. Right. You. you need some dinner? Don't worry about it. I know you've been cooking. Don't. You had a long day. Let me send some money for something to eat. And it's just like, what's the problem? Right. Why, why is it so hard to show up for your friends when you want them to show up in ways for you, but you constantly fail them? You want them to be of service to you, but you do not reciprocate. That's like having a friend, and this friend always shows up for you every child birthday party. They show up at every goddamn event or whatever it is. But that one time, maybe that person was having a, a dinner or you know a get together or something like that. You give you give an excuse. That yeah. one time that it requires you to show up and be present, you failed. And people always miss their opportunities to rise to the occasion. Yep. I've definitely experienced that firsthand. I, there has been like friends, let's just say, that will make excuses. Oh, you know, I, oh, you know, because, yeah, you like, you live far or, oh, yeah, you always throwing something that's too far or you doing this or doing that. But then, and it's not again, like, I'm, let's just be real. Social media is a huge part of everybody's lives. It's out there. Everybody's using it for something. So then you look on social media, you see the same person that may not have a car or whatever, they sure find Ubers to get to other far places. Or okay. maybe they got a nigga that got a car that drive them everywhere else. But you can't connect. Or you could even say, hey, you know what, since maybe you live far, you know what, I'll Uber halfway. And then could you maybe come get me from here? And I could come over to your house and kick it. To me, I feel like you do what you do what you want to do. And that's and that's fine. And that's fine. Because like I like my new saying has has been, yeah. When I see when I see how you coming, okay? Don't you dare talk to me about how I'm coming uh, now. I'm coming. Don't you dare. Uh, uh, uh. It's funny you mention that because people would be like, "Oh, well, you know, with me moving, you know, to Georgia and and you know, being hours away, people were like, "Oh, you aren't concerned about your friendships." I was like, "If they are my friend how they say they are, where I live is not going to play a part." No. Uh, hello, modern Two words, modern technology, FaceTime, email. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. And, and honestly speaking, people spend more money on a pair of sneakers where they could have took a flight to come out here and spent the weekend and had much more time and created much more memories. And it's just like, I'm not begging nobody to come and check for me. I'm too solid of a person and I bring too much to the table for me to have to worry about, are they still going to mess with me even though I live far away? You know, are they still going to care? Are they still going to you, you, you know what I love in this moment about that whole relocation thing? What I think is... As I've heard me and you talk about this so many times. Like, hey, and I was saying to you, like, you know, at the beginning of the year, going to be a lot going on. I might got to buy a little girl, you know, a little car, you know, got some other things that I might be trying to do financially. You know what? If I want me, you know, you like, you would like it if me and the kids actually came down. You know what I said to you? You know what? If I ain't got money for ticket to something by chance, because I don't know. I'm hoping that that won't be the case based on what I manifest and affirm for myself financially. But like I said, we want to make it work. I'll just rent a car and drive down. Some other people will not do that for you. And I think you know that. 
And, yeah. and this is me not subbing. If anybody on your end is listening, I swear to God, he could show me that. That was not a sub. I'm just no, saying it's a reality, reality that some people wouldn't do that. I would. I would hop in a car and, and, and I would drive if I couldn't afford plane tickets. Yeah, just rent a car for the week, which would be cheaper. Pay for some gas. I mean, them gas prices is kind of high. But either way, you're also the friend that would say, because you're putting in the effort, I'll pay you. I'll cash up you for gas. If you're paying for the rental, I'll get you are the type of person that will work with me. Because you would see that I'm putting in the effort that obviously the relationship, well, friendship is, is valuable. Exactly. Hey. You know, <laughs> even just us looking for flights together for me to come down, like, you know, right. the week after next or whatever. And it's just, okay, we're going to plan this. Let's span it out maybe every six weeks, eight weeks, yeah, or, right. you know, whatever it be. And because we're, we, we want to be present for each other. We want to be present for each other's family. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, Everybody gets attached. Everybody gets yeah. intertwined. You know, like even just the, the relationship I, I, I have with your son. That's my buddy. Can anybody tell me? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, being present is not that hard. It's just some some people just got excuses. Yeah. You know, and that's where you departmentalize your friends. You know who are those people who are going to show up for you. You know those people that you can call just for a good laugh. You know those people <laughs> that you can call just to go out with. And you know Period. those people that you can call just to talk shit with. Everybody has a category. Agreed. And it's like, as you get older, you learn to place them in those categories. And it's very rare that you find that one friend that you can put in every single category. <sighs> Yeah, this is the, yeah. You kind of gotta know yeah where to where to place yeah. your friends. That's a that's a whole episode for, you know. I'm gonna write that down. Future episode. Friend placement. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Out here, period on period. Trial and error because everybody ain't for every situation. No, they really ain't. Mm -mm. You know um, no. <laughs> I think that a sec a, a great segue now that we went to the being present, we can now talk about the next one, which is. Sometimes users and abusers, um, yeah. yeah, can give you anxiety in your friendship. What we mean by users and abusers is, okay, some people will see that you are that type of friend that will walk the extra mile. Them bitches be adding on, okay, I've already walked the extra mile. They be, they be adding on a damn road trip at this point, okay? Seriously. Well, and metaphorically speaking, they will have you on a road trip and they offer no money for gas or no food. They ain't, they ain't going to do it. It's like metaphorically speaking, it's like a friend that you both in the car together. Y'all on the highway. And let's just say y'all journey of friendship. Y'all on that journey of friendship and y'all in the car together. And y'all can stop for gas and that friend is, is never going to pull out their hand or car to cash app you to half of the money, gonna keep having you pay for food. Yeah, they, they will. The gas station only get snacks for themselves. Yep, metaphorically speaking, the users and abusers, yeah, you definitely gotta draw the line and set boundaries with them because I tell you one thing, they know the people they could pull that shit on. Especially if they have a host of friends, they know the ones that they can manipulate or give a sob story, oh, I need help, and know that that person will come running. Oh, yeah, Come running, got yeah. That babysitter friend, that food friend, okay. That I'm gonna use you to go out for drinks, friend. Mm -hmm. well, use, use you for a ride, a service that you provide. So it's like, oh, we all, you all know. Everybody knows who they can pull. That or, or you want to call your friend that you know is plugged and resourceful. Oh yes. yeah, who can I get to do this? Who I gotta get? Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 
But we ain't gonna keep talking about the users and beauties that that give anxiety. I know that that doesn't show up in my life at all. I don't have anxiety. What what any of the women that I would consider in my in my close circle, none of them have ever attempted to use or abuse me, and I'm grateful for that. That I will say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the user abuser thing might might have to piss me off. I'm gonna have to remove you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but. It has created anxiety in the past. And that one, I would say for me, is definitely a non-negotiable. We're not negotiating on that. You're not using and you're not abusing. Stay over there. Exactly. It's it's a lot. And I know that I actually strayed away from, you know, having friends that have small kids since I've actually had to deal with people. Be like, can you babysit? Can you babysit? Can you babysit? And I'd be like, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that no more. You know, yeah. So I've actually stayed away from people who have small kids throughout the whole time my son was very small because I, I didn't want to be that friend and I didn't want people to use me in return since I was used before. So we've got two more, two more things that we feel that trigger anxiety in the friendships. And... um. I know this was one that I had chose. I said, I used to have like anxiety about people flipping the switch. Like maybe they're not going to be who they present themselves to be. And I'm not going to lie. I have like anxiety like that, like about like being friends with you, but it had nothing to do with you. It was all me. And I was just so scared because I'm like, she's really nice. Wait a minute. She's resourceful. She's thoughtful. Um, she's really checking in. She's not overstepping any boundaries. Um, I think like some of the things that really, really, really did it for me was just, I really wasn't expecting you to show up for me. And it wasn't that I didn't think that you had it in me. I just because I was struggling with my own self-worth, I didn't know if I was worthy of a friend showing up for me that hadn't known me long enough when I went through what I went through a year ago. Yeah. So it was like, it was overwhelming. Like, you know, I had like a therapy session where I actually cried about it, I think back in like March or something because, or was it April? Yes, after you kept loyal for me that weekend, that was probably my waiting to excel moment. Like, she's it, Kanisha. You can't question. You can't look for anything else. Like, just let it all go. She, she's okay. She's a safe. And then once my mama kept pointing out, because mama knows. Your mama fucking know, bro. Your mama knows. My mama kept pointing it out. My grandmother. Them too, because they're really overprotective over me because, especially with friends, because they have felt like I've been used or I have been abandoned and people were disloyal and backstabbing or whatever. So it was just like, yeah, that I was, I was so, I was nervous about that. I can, I can be real and raw and say that I was, but yeah, just thank you for giving me that waiting to, to excel moment. Or like you just constantly do stuff like when my brother did something stupid in Atlanta after we already left and how... You knew I was up in the air and you took, you handled the shit for me in a way that you knew I would handle it in my absence. And I just was like, yo, nigga, this is real. Like, she's really real, yo. Like, yo, yo. Like, even when I told my mom that one, like, my mom was like, 
yeah, like at this point, that's family. That's family. That's family. It is. And you know my moms and just you. I've never really had a friend. I have friends that have been around my mother, but to establish their own organic relationship with my mother that doesn't involve me where you enter Aquatar and I might not even know about it, that is so dope. And I thank you for that. When you text my mom and just say maybe how she's doing or then the fact that she even texts you, and you know my mom is not no social butterfly. So for her to do that, like, that, that is that is so dope. But, yeah, I, I had anxiety about that in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah. I, it's, and it's real. It's yeah. real because, you know, it, it hurts. And, and it's abandonment. And it's and being the constant feeling of being let down. And I think people are afraid to say that they fear friendship or they feel that they're not worthy or, you know, they just don't know how to receive it. They don't feel worthy right. of people actually caring for them. You know, so it is. We all need that waiting to exhale moment, whether it be with spouses or friends or family. That's that moment where I can feel safe. Yeah, because I was like, can she like really? And then I was was talking to the universe about you too. Like in the beginning, like she's got to be my best friend. Like I can't take it. Like me and her, like as me and you kept sharing, like when we had that moment of intimacy in the hotel room too, that was another pivotal moment. I would say of our friendship when you took me to New York and showed me where you were from and stuff like that. I loved that. Like that was so dope. It was the simplest thing, but it was dope to me showing me Brooklyn. And then when we sat in the room that night and we were so intimate and just bared ourselves completely naked and put everything out on the table about stuff that we were ashamed of and people, People ridiculed us and heard us. And then I just was like, yo, I'm telling you, if the universe is fucking up and she's some made-up fucking person, like, I'm going to go crazy after this. Like, there's no way I could die, like, without having that best friend. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, so, yeah, it was, I'm so glad that the flip the switch anxiety thing is completely removed and I don't have that. I, I'm, I'm thankful. Exactly. It's, and it's a wonderful feeling to know that, hey, you got your person have your person correct yes you can see look at it we're dropping a gym right now we always talk about how oh we gotta find our person romantically you can have your person and friendship too bro you can it's a thing it's a thing it's a thing um we're gonna take a, a quick break and uh we, we we gonna be back and we're back from our little tiny break i know i probably should have like some break music but you know what I, it is what it is um, so yeah, again, I am glad that the whole flipping the switch anxiety, I've overcome that. I don't have to worry about that, but it, people do, but you know something? I do want to say something about flipping the switch. It can create anxiety in a friendship, but you can still be friends with somebody. I have somebody that I'm still friends with that has flipped the switch on me and they flipped the switch, have flipped the switch on me, but they don't even realize it because their whole entire life has flipped the switch. And what I mean by that is the person that I met them as and the bond that we created and everything that person stood for, all of that has vanished since they've entered a relationship with certain with someone. Um, yes. So... There can be flip the switch that's kind of out of your control. It's not necessarily that, but I just feel like it's not just our friendship that has changed. Her entire life has flipped upside down, in my opinion, um, once she 
kind of entered that relationship. So, um, I don't judge. Sometimes you have to let people walk their own journey and don't intercept. Yes, and don't personalize it like nope. my therapist says. Yes. So that's kind of where I'm at with that friendship. Um, I understand why the switch is flipped. I don't think the switch will ever get flipped back to who she was when we first met. I don't think I'll ever know that version of her again. Um, I deal with the version of who she is today and meet her where she's at. And it's kind of like what you said. You got to place the friends where they're supposed to be. Yeah. So she definitely wouldn't be considered like... I guess if I'm metaphorically speaking, if I had to place friends based on a baseball game, she would definitely be the one that is sitting there where they're pitching to her and she's swinging and um, I'm going to be that one like down in the corner like when she missed the ball, you had to catch it like. Yeah, you gotta go over there, sweetheart. You don't, you don't get, you don't get to even make it to first, no. second, or third base. No, I, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, point. I can't hit a home run with you at all, and yeah. I and I get it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it's she, like, you, again, don't personalize it. Correct. And it's just like you know what? Sometimes they don't even realize where they've gone wrong with you. That's or exactly. With and you know something? I could also use that to kind of keep going back to anxiety. I have anxiety with her because she doesn't create a safe place for me to have healthy, transparent conversations. So the 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 flip the switch that she's made since she's entered that relationship. No, I've never had that conversation with her, and I would not. I would never waste my time doing that because. Where she is at, she would never be able to receive what I was saying. You know which friends you can speak to, and you know their mental state where it's like, okay, we can have this conversation. Yeah, it's not worth it. And you also know some of your friends where you're like, you know what, you need therapy, okay? So you just have, again, just knowing where to place people and where to leave them at, and don't take it personal. Yes. So, like, have you had any experiences with that, with people flipping the switch? where is where I feel like I've outgrown them or I'm trying to better myself so they flip the switch on me because it's like we're no longer trauma bonding Ah. Mm. so it's like because they they, you know they're unhappy with themselves but it's like you're still making the strides to be better do better want better you know they're seeing you as a threat so therefore because we're no longer trauma bonding like no we're both not still single moms and trying to get out of or something is like no so you know i've grown from this state you haven't so we don't have anything to connect us those trauma bonds are a gift and a curse yeah i think me and you have our the 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 foundation of the friendship was never built off of trauma bond no not at all that's a good thing so that's the green flag um i feel that we have a moment or period where we will trauma bond and we don't stay there for too long no not at all it's not conducive for either of you's growth so anyone listening to this yes it feels good to know that when you are hurt you're disappointed you're angry that you got your sister who can really relate but you guys can't stay there. You can't stay there. You can't. Y'all got it. Somebody. Y'all gotta both be doing that groundwork, that shadow work, to 
to elevate yourselves so yes. that way y'all could look back and talk about how y'all overcome the traumas. Yeah, you can't just stick in that. Like, it's, it's not conducive. So if you do have a friendship that the foundation was based off of trauma bond, I don't think it has much room for success. If one party is taking themselves out the trenches and the other isn't, you're not going to be able to relate to each other. And that's the thing. You can't just relate to your, 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 your friend in just one area. We need to be able to be mixy with each other no matter what we're putting into the pot. I, that's how I feel. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like it's, it's about balance. Let's just look at, take it as a metaphor with, like, cooking. So let's just say if we're cooking and... um. You already added salt or whatever to the pot, and we wanted to taste a certain way. It would really be stupid of me to come behind you and want to add garlic salt. No, you need to come and maybe add garlic pepper or something. Why would I add some more salt to the pot? Like you, you just gotta kind of know. Exactly, you, you, you're building, you're, you're building destruction. Ooh. That's exactly what you're mm. doing. You're building destruction because you know too much salt. That's that high blood pressure. Okay? Ooh, I'm telling you. We out here with these metaphors, dropping these gems, dropping these gems. Always, But, you know, I really want people to just take away that it is okay to outgrow people. It is okay to release those traumas that hold you hostage to people, you know. And sometimes, you know, it might sound difficult and it might sound like you're not loyal, but it's just like, you know what, you, you know when you can do better in a friendship. Just like you know better when you can do better in a relationship. And it's just like hold these people accountable to how they treat you, to what type of friend they are. And it's okay to walk away and be like, you know what, this this friendship ain't for me. Right. Like, don't take that abuse sitting down. Right. And you know, learn to be a better friend to your friends as well. Learn to show up for your friends. These, these are your people. Sometimes you have to allow someone to teach you how to be there for them as yes. opposed to you doing it your way. I think you've taught me that. There yes. was definitely, I would say, a lot of trial and error with me knowing how I'm supposed to be there for you. I had to learn that. I didn't, I definitely struggled with it in the beginning and it wasn't that because I didn't want to be a good friend to you. I'm just like, well, what, you know, I'm retarded. I mean, every now and again. And I think you understand that. Yeah, sometimes I can be... I can be so close to the forest and I literally don't see the trees. And I think that you know my heart to know that when I struggle, but I think I've gotten it right. I know what I need to do. I know, yeah, how I'm supposed to show up for you. Even if one way I think is, is good enough, you can't really do it that way. It has to be whatever your love language is. I have to do it that way. And see, again, but it's it's all about if the, if, if the friendship matters something to you and... Get that, leave that pride and ego shit out the door. It ain't exactly. about kissing somebody's ass or anything like that. The same way that I have attempted to end romantic relationships and want to try to love someone better. Why can't you love on your bestie better too? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. yeah. So, um, definitely. And then, and we're just going to close this one out, you know, with the thing that creates anxiety, I think, for everyone. I mean, I don't really go around creating this narrative, but you hear it all the time. You know, you can't trust these bitches, can't trust these hoes. You know, they backstab and they disloyal. And um, I never once had to think about anything like that with you at all. No, not at all. Um, I feel like, um, and usually it's two things that I think make make the loyalty thing come into play. Such as like, 
I think something concerning the man, you already know. And then also like knowing that your best friend or somebody is is knowing boundaries as far as or not gonna be talking about you behind your back and running your business to everybody else and stuff like that. I think those I think those are the areas that I have um experienced with with people in the past that had created anxiety i don't have that anymore nobody that i'm that currently that i consider a friend um i feel would violate me in that in that way i also feel like they're okay with me they know that i wouldn't violate them as far as when it comes to like what their nigga or anything like that they won't have to worry about that and they also would never have to worry about me talking about them like behind their back or anything like that um no um yeah so i don't i don't have too much to say because i don't but I, I think it definitely does create anxiety if that is maybe all they know and then they finally meet a friend that is real sometimes they be being on the defense or oh and hearing you was here because I don't, yeah, I just hope people's not going to be talking about me or something like that. And you just be looking like. It's so, it's so childish. Yeah, it's like, right. You know what? You have to, you have to actually allow grace to people and be secure with who you are as a person that you know what? I'm solid. I'm valid. And because I am solid and I'm a hundred percent to these people that I, I deserve and I am going to get the same back. Right. Yeah, I think. Loyalty and backstabbing, you, no one can really give you any blueprint to, um, to, to tell your spirit who you're supposed to be attracted to. Yeah. But I will say this, something that I did learn, I would say within the past year, if you keep attracting messy friends All of it ain't about the messy friends. No, and you, you think the other person knows something's about you too because there's yeah. something. It's kind of like when they say, when a lot of people like relationship coaches and stuff like that saying that you keep attracting like the same kind of man that is something within you. I think it's the same thing when you keep attracting messy friends or yeah. drama friends or whatever. That's you. That's you. Yeah. There's something yeah. within you that speaks to them. And I mean, I know that People feel like we shouldn't be generalizing. We shouldn't be categorizing people. No, 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 no. Um, I'm about, what is it? Uh, less than 30 days of being 36. And in my 36 years, birds of a feather do flock together. Oh, yeah. And people are liabilities. They're liabilities. Yep, they do. You, you, and especially if you like one of them females that you be talking, you be with your nigga pillow talking and be trying to make it seem like, your friends be on some trash shit or some whole shit and you're not. No, bitch, you are too. Exactly. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Because I'm a, I'm going to keep it all the way a, 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 a buck right now that when I was doing, when I was doing dirt or playing the field or having a whole phase or whatever, oh, my best friend was riding shotgun for all the shenanigans. And of course, I'm so real of a bitch that there's certain shit that I ain't gonna, I ain't never gonna, gonna, gonna speak on. Of course, that's corny. But, oh yeah, we was with the shits. And anybody that's trying to make it seem like, oh, it's all another friend, cap. 
There's something that's in you guys or 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 whatever. I'm I'm sorry. Just 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 don't don't be be real about about that portion of of the friendship, please. Do exactly. not do not be creating anxiety for some of your friends to make them think. Or another thing too. I can't stand a chick that she was with the shits with the gallivant and the shenanigans for the streets type behavior. And I get it. We all we all transform ourselves. And then you may settle down and you're not gonna be for the streets anymore. And that transition or transformation is beautiful. We However, wanna see you Ella. We wanna see you elevate yourself. However, don't you dare if that other friend is still gallivanted, don't you dare talk to her about how she needs to change that shit. That's not right. Just because one person's journey changed doesn't mean that the others. That's like, I mean, luckily, it was kind of like, I'm going to be completely honest. Once your gallivanting came to an end, you got serious, you entered your committed relationship. My gallivanting really kind of stopped too. I mean, I think I think the only month, I ain't gonna lie, I got a little bit, I was like, I was slightly, I had one foot into the streets, was definitely the month of August, like, bitch. Yeah, this year, I was, yeah, I, I had all the stories. I was, you know, yeah. I was the ringleader, but however. But you was part of me, you was part of me. I sure was. But for some of those things that, that I did, like, like, it was like a, Okay, it was like a double dutch thing, like you know when you bouncing back and forth before you get into the rope. That was yes. like me tagging with the I streets. Got you. I'm coaching you. I yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I, I'm about to get in the streets. I'm, I'm about to jump in it, but then I jump in and then my leg get caught in the rope, so I had to get back out. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. But um, but, you know but so while I was because... going through that, you never was no. trying to put the wife role or anything on to me at all. Like you let me live in my moments. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I do take pride in, in knowing that there is an agreement at my household that when I go gallivant with my best friend, don't listen, we out here. Yes. We out here. Yeah, and I like that, too, that you have set boundaries in your relationship where it's like, you're not going to do my best friend. Regardless of if she's single, don't ever paint her out to be somebody that's thirsty or every time we go out, it has to be we're trying to bag niggas because... That's not that's not what she does. That's never, because it was never the case before. It was never the case before, number one. And number two, know that my best friend respects our union. Period. And I think I've done my own job of portraying that to him as well. Like, I'm not, I would never do that. I would never sit here and, and that's ever. because we have that open level of transparency with each other. And I have it with my spouse. It's like... There's no, there's no step that's missed because we're still gonna be out here. We're still like, I, I've never made you feel that hey, I'm not there, and you never made me feel like you weren't there for me just Correct. because a marital status might have changed and I moved. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Are you still in here? Period. One period. So yeah. Um, to wrap this up in some yeah, anxiety and friendships is a real thing. Yeah. Um, I hope that somebody can take. Um, something from this episode and that it can impact them in a positive way with their interactions with, um, you know, their best friends. Yeah. And just so that our, our network or, 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 or the tree of sisterhood can really branch off. Cause some of these branches is dying and falling off. And I want to see more healthy friendships for us. Yes. 
I want to see us standing up for each other, showing up for each other, supporting each other, loving on one another, leaving pride and ego at the door. And whatever energy you could give to the man who lays in the bed right next to you, you could still give that same energy to your best friend and not lack. You don't even, matter of fact, you don't even have to think about a choice about, oh, well, you know, my husband comes first and my best friend. Why do, I don't like when people start talking like that either. There's no need to. Because you know why Everybody your, your sister's supposed to be family. Period. Hello? So why you even got to say that? Your nigga, your family, your, your, your best friend, your family. Like, why we got to... Yeah. Exactly. Choose wisely. Choose, choose wisely and understand people that love you and, and learn to love those people back accordingly. Absolutely. And I think that is a great way for us to end this episode. And, um... We we gonna be back. I haven't. I, we don't know when we are gonna schedule, but we definitely gonna come back. Maybe we should go live for that one. Okay. The friendship well, placement, and we could create a flyer and invite some people. I think that'd be good. to come to the live for the friendship placement, like where you place place your friends. Yes. All right now. I'm liking this. Okay, I'm down. Okay, I'm yes. down too. Yeah. Yes. All right. So yeah, guys, be on the lookout for that. Maybe we won't. Record an episode, maybe that'll be my way of trying to go live. And plus, y'all about to start getting snowed in. It's about to start getting cold. Y'all ain't going to be doing nothing. So you will be tuning into the live. Support exactly. us. Exactly. Support us. Period. Exactly. Okay. Well, peace, love, light. Make sure that everybody uh, stays safe. And um, we out.